Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to this week's Morning Podcast, the only rugby podcast that gives all the news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter, we are at Morning Podcast. We are Morning Rugby Podcast on Facebook, uh, although we don't really post too much there. You can find all of our content on uh, Anchor, as well as Apple Podcasts and loads of other podcatchers, but you'll know that already if, you, uh, if you're already listening to this. A um, bit different this week, uh, it's just me and Doug. Good evening, mate. How are you doing? Hi, mate. Sorry if I sound a bit ropey. I'm uh, just speaking into my Mac at the moment. All my uh, podcast gear is in a different place. So, <laughs> nah, mate. Out. It sounds it sounds absolutely adequate. Um, yeah, it's as I say, it's just me and Doug tonight. We've not done anything for a couple of weeks since the uh, since the success that was Rhinax Wine Racks <laughs> and uh, our pod that we did on the breaking news of Saracens and the rugby business. Um, and I wanted to thank everyone that got back to us on that. Genuinely, you know, I want to thank James and Ali that were on the podcast with us. James, obviously from Rugby Saracens, who... Um, Still hasn't answered the question. <laughs> yeah, we, the question's been asked many, many times. And uh, it was a bit like that leadership debate last night that I watched a little bit of. That was that was almost James trying to uh, answer your question, um, but some of the feedback that we received was absolutely incredible, and <clears throat> I must say, so for, from Facebook, from Twitter, Doug, you, a lot of people said that you epitomised pretty much ninety percent of every other rugby club fan's view of the whole situation. So. Oh. Uh, it, it it was great, great feedback to receive. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people may think uh, I just have it in for Saracens, but, you know, 
the, the thing that's really done it for me, like I'd, I'd have been happy if they'd have just taken a punishment from the beginning. The thing that did it for me was the sort of arrogance and the, and the just barefaced cheek of everyone to say we've done nothing wrong. It's just it's still it's still winding me up. I, I listened to the pod for the first time tonight actually, and um, yeah, it still made my blood boil a little bit. You know, the the whole we haven't cheated, we didn't premiership rugby. I heard a couple of interesting things along the lines of premiership rugby have acknowledged we didn't cheat. Mm. Yeah, that's not actually what they said because premiership rugby would never actually use the words you cheated. Yeah. So, do you know that, what I mean? Well, that would, that would nowhere to go, would it? Yeah. Um, in a legal framework, they couldn't come out and say you cheated because it's definitive and it would be legally negligent to do that so um look i I, the issue i have is that i don't think there's a pun that i don't think there's a punishment that would have kept everyone happy i don't think you can take their titles away but at the same time, you take the title. You take the titles away. That what's that going to achieve? It doesn't achieve yeah. anything. It doesn't and make look, it. The one thing that occurred to me after the event, which is, I told you that um, I, I would likely come up with a thousand other things I wanted to say to James. But the the thing that's now bothering me is that these they can make these set up these businesses as one once off payments. Yeah, you know so in terms of actually having to restructure players' deals or lose players, I don't think they're going to have to because those payments have been made and they're now historic. So, Well, that's, and that's the, that's the question we were asking at the time, wasn't it, around, well, if they were breaking the rules then, then coming into this season, they're still breaking the rules. And, and obviously it's become clear now that... They're not. Because they've made the they've set those companies up. That money is now yeah, old it, money. Abso- absolutely, and that's that's the point I was making is that so they were, have been found to have been breaking the rules up until that point, but the, all that has now been dealt with. So whatever is happening now, all that money is is been and gone through the books, as it were. Mm. So they've got so, away with it effectively because they're not going to get relegated. They'll miss out on the European Cup unless they win it, which I know is probably a long shot now that they've lost to racing. But they've essentially they've essentially got away with it. Um, yeah, you you, you could argue that, but if they're going to retain their Premiership status, which is more than likely they will, I mean, they the the thirty five point deduction leaves them with minus twenty two points for this season. And I think the 35 points off last season's total would have given them 10th place, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, they should still comfortably retain, you know, that premiership status unless at the end of this season they decide to ring fence when uh, when Newcastle come up this season. Anyway, can you imagine if Saracen still finish bottom by, for whatever whatever reason that might be, you know, this is probably going to be the, the closest premiership in in history, especially now Saracens are not going to be leading the leading the pack. You know, if they do finish 12th for some, you know, I say inexplicable reason, do you think, do you think that that whole ring fencing thing will be bought? Well, they've bought promised that there's going to be no ring fencing this year. 
So imagine imagine the Saracens it Cornish Pirates and Coventry next year. <laughs> I'd like, I don't think I'd love anything more. It could, it could happen. It could happen. What what sticks in my throat a little bit is in in the statement they they say um, perhaps we have done the wrong thing for the right reasons. In all of their statement, not once did they say did they apologise. No, they they say they they've they've recognised and they have been advised, and it stinks to me. And I was on, um, I've been on the, the Love Sport radio a few times during the World Cup and then uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, and this seems to me is a statement that's been prepared by the, the media advisory company that they've employed to handle all of their um, sort of corporate affairs, as it were, and basically say, you know what, the best thing you can do for your public image of Saracens now is come out, accept the fine, Accept the point deduction. Try and move away from it as quickly as possible. Yeah. When before they had employed this company, you know they were all very uh, against admitting any wrongdoing whatsoever. Yeah. I don't think there's a satisfactory conclusion, Russ. I think you know I've said that already. I, I don't. I don't see there's any way that. Like the people who are the people, the people of the, the fans of the clubs who have been sat by and been calling for this for years. I don't think it's going to be enough, but the Saracens fans are going to think it's too much. So they they do seem to live in a parallel universe that I don't really understand, where you can be fined five million quid for something and still not admit you've done it. <laughs> yeah, or. Or again, apologise to PRL, to their own supporters, to the rugby community in general for carrying out this level yeah. of wrongdoing. You know, if you're going to hold your hands up, hold your hands yeah. up and and offer a little bit of remorse. Yeah, that that would be nice, but it won't happen. No, but. I just want James to answer the question. <laughs> I think everybody does. There was a lot of um, smell my cheese, you mother. And uh, <laughs> answer the question. Answer the question. When in the later series where he was, it was he talking to trying to talk to Emily Maitlis. Answer the question. <laughs> answer the question. <laughs> Fucking love it. I love it. Um, that's let, should we should we leave this whole Saracens yeah, debacle dude, there? I, do you reckon? I could go on for ages. I wanted to talk about um, Joe Marchant. Yeah, let's talk about Joe Marchant. And you know, we have been calling for it for a while uh, for young English players to go overseas and get some experience. I think it's a very good move. I'm hoping that more players will follow his lead. <clears throat> I'm not sure they will because of salary cap implications potentially I mean how good would George Furbank be in the Super Rugby oh mate you know ghosting past non-existent defenders and you know <laughs> yeah arm tackles yeah, yeah. running through hands <laughs> yeah um, I think this current generation of England players could really have used that um, I think players like Chris Robshaw um even Billy Villapola, 
certainly our scrum halves, our current crop of scrum halves could have done with, uh, you know, playing playing behind packs that aren't allowed to compete for the ball. So, uh, so <laughs> not, presented not on silver rats. platter every single ruck. Um, you know, I, I think Ben Ben Youngs could have really expanded his game by going and playing in New Zealand for a couple of years or Australia, you know? Well, I, I had this discussion. I can't remember who it was with, but for all of his for all of his shortcomings as a player, James Haskell benefited immensely from taking a punt. He went to Stad, didn't he, originally? He went to Stad. Yeah. And then he went um played went for the Japan. Highlanders, went to Japan, he played for the Highlanders um and then he came back and you know whilst he was never the best rugby player he was never the best back rower in the world he was an infinitely better player i believe because of the experience that he drew from his time abroad totally. and and it never wasn't good, but... no but he maximized every ounce of his potential by yeah. doing something like that and it just seems to me that there's such a reluctance. Maybe it's maybe it's fear. Maybe it's just a little bit insular of, of English or British players in general, you know, or you yeah. know, include the Irish, the, the Irish guys in that, where they say, well, I don't need to go elsewhere because I can get everything I need here. Yeah. And doing what Quinns have done with Joe Marchant and allowing this to happen, you know, what... <laughs> Imagine... The, the favour being returned by the Blues and Riku Yuani coming to play for Harlequins or whatever at some point, you know, yeah. those kind of relationships I think could only benefit not just the English players, but world rugby in general. Absolutely. I think the, 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 not, the non-selection of overseas players, while on the face of it seems a good thing, I think is actually detrimental to the England side. I think um, the restriction of experience and personal growth and, you know, a little bit of personal liberty for these players to make their own choices, it would actually be quite a good thing for the sport in general. Um, And and for the the British game in in general, because you'd get these players that could move overseas for a while and it would bring another crop of youngsters through. But I, I mean, I guess the thing that really prevents players coming from the UK to England is, or, or from the UK to New Zealand is, is the money difference. I, I'm not sure what the difference would be, but someone that's playing in New Zealand, I don't think would, would get anywhere near the money that, unless you're an all black, I don't think they're going to get anywhere near the cash that you're getting playing for Worcester or someone like that, are you? you know? No, absolutely. But if, if you run a sort of a, a cyclic view of it and said, well, if you had to, let's say, I mean, Joe Marchant is what, tw- Joe Marchant's 23 and it feels like he's been around for a little while. Yeah. he's was on the fringes of, of the World Cup squad. He goes and plays a season, two seasons of Super Rugby, potentially. He signed a new contract with Harlequins. The investment in that means Harlequins are going to get back injury, you know, fingers crossed injury aside. Harlequins are going to get back a much better rugby player than when he left because he would be that much more experienced. Now, what 
other rugby club, you know, your Worcesters, your your Northampton Saints, like you mentioned George Furbank there, you know, Alex Mitchell, um, Fraser Dingwall. You look at some of the Exeter, some of the Exeter guys that have come through and been very successful. But imagine during their progression, if they'd gone and spent a significant amount of time playing super rugby, how much better that would benefit England, Scotland, Ireland, whoever. Mm. My only question is, how interested are super rugby in our youngsters? When I think even even like mitre 10. Well, listen, mate, great... no, you, you say that, but um, Jeff Parlin walked straight into super rugby when he was pretty much washed, you know. Why wouldn't they want young, exciting players? Uh, it's it, it's a good point. It's a good question. Um, and the the like you say, the likes of Furbank, Marchant. Um, I'm trying to think of some other examples now. Imagine imagine Asiga or Thorley or um, yeah. McConaughey. Now is a prime a prime time for those guys to to potentially explore the same sort Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. The other thing, this this deal could be is a another fancy way of doing the salary cap. So if Martin signed a contract with Quinns, they then release him for that contract for six months to two years. He then gets paid by the Blues as well. Yeah, it keeps him, you know, double bubble basically. Do you think? Do you think Harlequins would then continue to? I mean, obviously, depending on the ins and outs of the contract, but would they, would they continue to pay him whilst the the Blues were were paying him? Do you, you think beyond a some sort well, of? I mean, I don't or... know. I mean, it could be. Could it be that he got a, a, quite a, a large signing bonus and then is now getting paid by the Blues? So for this year, he's earning whatever he's earning. I, I don't know. Yeah. And and. Yeah, like you say, that that contract as such, he signed a new contract now when the season's just started that says, okay, this is what we're going to do for next season. So they're already planning yeah. the next season's salary cap to be able to yeah. to do something different. Yeah, I think... Um, it does make you think, doesn't it? As in, yeah, you know... But what... I, I also think, it, you know, the, the heart of it is a good thing. Look at Piers Francis. He went away a Bedford player and came back in England International. Yeah, you know exactly that. So I I don't think it in in any way would be a bad thing, and I think a lot of young lads will be looking at that, going, "I fancy a bit of that." Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like you say, you know, if it if it is, or even thought upon a a fancy way of working the salary cap to a certain extent, you know, actually. The guy's still playing rugby. It's a it's a rugby related decision. You're mm. not investing in a in a Cayman Islands investment business or a, you know some sort of consultancy that doesn't exist. It's just you know you're going away to play rugby to learn your trade. To, yeah. To come back a better player to invest that again in the club. Absolutely. Fair play to him, though. It, it's a it's a brave old move, and you know one that's going to no doubt benefit him because. You know, well, he's going to be playing Bowden Barrett every week. Yeah, inside Duani and out outside Duani, and no, inside Duani and outside Barrett. Maybe. Yeah, you could argue 
you could argue that he's had a step down at fly half. <laughs> Marcus, what Marcus Smith to Bowden Barrett? Yeah. <laughs> um, if there if there was ever a player that would do all right in Super Rugby, Marcus Smith. Man. Yeah, agreed, agreed. He is he is a very good player. Um, I just wanted to to go back very quickly when we did the last episode. We um we introduced a hashtag called Rugby Business. Did you see many of those rugby businesses? I saw a few, yeah. So nothing beats Rhinax Rhinax. So what Rhinax? I, I almost wanted to exp- expand that a little bit further. Sort of Rhinax luxury wine racks. I think it was just the fact that it just appeared in my brain out of nowhere. Um, ben Ben used this uh, Sinclair sprinklers. So <laughs> garden watering business. Um, we had Marlins yards landscape gardener. Uh, Dan Bridges, um, who suggested Gerbrand uh, Gob Grobler, expert cobbler, <laughs> as well as uh, Creels on Wheels, Jack, Jack and Creels on Wheels. Um, obviously, you came up with Dave Ribbons, Rave Ribbons, which was <laughs> exceptional. Um, what else did we have? We had uh, Faf's Spaffs, which was a. Uh, a sperm donor company from <laughs> Faf the Clerk, which was from um, from Matt uh, at Shanghai, one of our longtime listeners, who also came up with George's Fur Bank, which George Fur Bank runs an illegal fur amnesty drop-off point. <laughs> Not so much a business, but uh, a good a good one to to come up with. George Cruises, George's Cruises, a not so impartial uh, travel company. What else did we have? Um, obviously, the one we forgot were Burgers Burgers. That was straight yeah. from Saracens. They could yeah. have had both of those. Well, Burgers Burgers was one of the original rugby... Yeah, idea for a show. Rugby content, wasn't it? Yeah. Rugby content. But we did get we did get a lot... Um, we did get a lot of suggestions. So thank you to everyone that, that, that tweeted in with that. It was something that really gained a bit of momentum. It might have been half-trending for... A little bit. Um, one of my favourites, Jim Rugby Betting, says that Rodney RU and Shout Brit surprisingly team up to police a post-Brexit Britain, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which is very niche, but I like it. I like it a lot. So uh, if you do come up with any more, it's hashtag Rugby Business. Um, so yeah, Nathan Cat's hats. <laughs> and, I mean, that's, we're just essentially just rhyming there, aren't we? Yeah, but that's good. Uh, Jack, Jack Jackson Ray's wax and spray, <laughs> <laughs> which either could be a car valeting company or a uh, beauty and tanning parlor. <laughs> so let, let's leave those there. Um, this weekend was the first weekend of the European rugby, Doug. I know you were at the darts. You've been at the... I saw uh, a bit. The grand, the grand slam of darts, was it? The grand slam of darts. Gerwin Price defended his title. I saw him beat Michael Van Gerwen. Yeah, unfortunate for the big yeah. bowl babe for the big bowl baby. If only he could one grow of the a beard. Hardest people to operate a camera on in the world. Really? Because there's no, there's no hard edges on him, so you can't quite <laughs> focus. He, everything just looks out of focus when you're looking at him. There's no hard edges. There isn't. On Michael it's Van Gerwen. See where it's impossible to find focus on Michael Van Gerwen. I promise. 
I mean, so maybe he should grow a beard or a moustache or something just to. I mean, it helps. I don't think he's capable. He's smooth. <laughs> smooth to the touch. Um, um, yeah, I watched. Um, what did I watch? I watched some. Yeah. Uh, I watched a bit of Sale Glasgow today. I watched most of Northampton against Leon. Um, I watched some of Sarri's Racing. I watched, yeah, I watched a fair bit. Yeah. Good. Well, it all kicked off on Friday night. Um, Joe Simpson versus uh, Toulouse. And what Toulouse looked very, very good. I've got to, got to give them that. They will be, as always, an absolute powerhouse in this year's competition, um, which I've no doubt will be dominated by French sides and Leinster, I'd imagine, um, predictably. But Toulouse on, on Friday night, it started really slowly. Um, but having said that, two basically length of the field tries from Joe Simpson in the first 20 minutes really caught them, caught them off guard. What Gloucester failed to do was kind of really put the game away. Toulouse just kept eating back at them, eating back at them. There was a lot of niggly penalties. Um, who's the the Welsh? It was um, Whitehouse, Ben Whitehouse. Ben Whitehouse. Who is uh, modern day Steve Walsh. Yeah. Just a bit podgier and less attractive. Um, that's, a, that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> I suppose it is, <laughs> and that, but, but that's my opinion. Um and yeah, it, it's hard to to know too, to to say too much about the game in general because it was kind of it was it was kind of masked a little bit by those two Simpson tries, which I think flattered Gloucester a little bit because you know without those the score would have been a lot more convincing than what it was. Well, I mean, I guess it you know if you're looking at it realistically, they. You know, they being to lose should should be battering Gloucester. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a Gloucester side with still without a few South Africans to come back. Um, without Willie Hines, who's quite an important player for them. Um, yeah, no, so it, it didn't surprise me at all, really. Um, one, one thing that stood out for me this weekend was the players are just getting so gobby, aren't they? Yeah. Did you see the the the? I was watching Glasgow sale today, and the the Glasgow scrum half horn. It, it was embarrassing the way he was going on. And he got told to stop three or four times by the referee, but you know, no action. I, something's got to be done about it because it's 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 becoming a little bit embarrassing for the game. I think. Well, especially as you can hear it all over the microphone. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, when you can hear, so I mean, scrum after chirps at the best of times, but when when it's broadcast over television and you can hear every single word that they're saying, it's going to put a lot of people off and it's going to wind a lot of people up. I mean, yeah. you're a scrum after, you know. Yeah, I, but I think you know once once you get told right, that's enough. That needs to be enough, you know. Um, and I don't think the referees are following through on it. it to me it's worse than the high like i'd rather get rid of that than the high tackles yeah Do you know what I mean? oh, well, yeah let's not because let's that's not something that tackles. you can see that's something it's something that's a controllable outcome so 
you make the conscious decision to gob off at a referee. A lot of times you don't make a conscious decision to tackle someone high. It just, it's, you know, an accident. It, it's never an, easy... an accident gobbing off. It's an, it's an easy fix as well, isn't it? Or the referee, yeah. the first time he does it, it's a warning. The second yeah. time, it's a yellow card. Yeah. Or oh, sorry, the first time it's captain, sort him out. Yeah, your second team got time, a warning. Yeah, second time, yellow card. Yeah. It will stop pretty soon. And it, you you hear it at every breakdown. It's uh, holding on, holding, holding, holding. You know, offside. Every it's it, it's too much. It's got it's too much now. It, it's hard to know where it's coming from a lot of the time. But in that instance, like with with Peter Horn for for Glasgow, Peter Horn is it Peter Horn? I think is, so. Yeah. There's two. Um, yeah, there's a yeah. fly half and a scrum half. Okay, I reckon the scrum half is not Peter. I think Peter's the 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 say um the centre, right? But either way, um, George Horn, George Horn, yeah. But when it's when it's like that, when it's a scrum half at the back of a ruck, talking to the referee like that, that's when you can give a warning, and that's when you yeah. can give a card. I think the the more you imply that, I think it would just send the shockwaves through and it would, it, it would stop everybody else doing it and just let the referee start to referee again. Yeah. Um, Saturday, Saturday's games, Bath Ulster was on channel four, a uh, decent game at the rec Ulster getting home with a, with a good try. Um, John Cooney, who looks like he's putting himself in a, a decent position for, um, Whose job? The other guy, Connor Murray's job. He looks a very good player, John Cooney. Yeah, he's been there or thereabouts, hasn't he? But there seems Ulster players seem to have to play that much better to get into the island side than. Yeah. How many lengths the scrum halves went to the uh, World Cup? Too many. I think two of them went, didn't they? Because it was, <laughs> yeah. and so many I can't even name them. Yeah, and Marmion didn't. Weird. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> But um, yeah. you know he's a very good player, a very good player. And and you mentioned Marmion there. He he was mooted to be going to Saracens, wasn't he? But he's yeah. just he's just been signed up to the IRFU again, so yeah. uh, that's not happening anymore. Um, but what, Buff- are you, what are you banging around on your desk? Am I banging around? Am I? Yeah. Are you tapping something or rolling something around? No, try not to. Oh, Sorry about that. Sorry if you've heard right. that, listeners. Sorry. About um, that. The big result, actually, from Saturday, when you when you look at it, obviously, uh, Leinster beat Benetton at home, which you'd expect. Claremont destroyed Harlequins again. They weren't in the uh, the Champions well, that's the other game season. I watched. Sorry, Harlequins and Cle- Claremont and Harlequins. Yeah, they're good, aren't they, Claremont? Claremont are very good. Uh, Tom Lauday. Yeah, former ex to back row. He's he's exceptional. Very good player. Best player for Harlequins for me by far. It, it it seems a strange one, but maybe the the wealth of talent Exeter had at their disposal in the back row meant that he wanted to just go somewhere and find some more regular game time. Yeah, uh, I I understand it, but I would have thought that he would be cheaper than keeping, for example, um, an, an old Armand, Armand or um, Kvesic, you know. Those those kind of players, I would have thought he would have um, he'd have been the one they want to keep. But well, they they 
yeah, it's it's a strange one, isn't it, for for Exeter? Um, but that does bring us all nicely to Exeter, who have historically struggled a little bit in Europe, um, uh, who went to La Rochelle and handed them a bit of a beatdown, which I don't think many people were expecting. Um, tactical kicking, forward intensity, you know, they they well they they beat them thirty one twelve in La Rochelle. Um, really setting themselves up nicely in that pool. Yeah, I mean, it's about time that they smash someone in Europe. Uh, you know, I'd like to see them kick on from that. Hopefully we can get Exeter in the knockout phase and and see how far they can go. Yeah. I think well, it's telling that their premiership form isn't quite what it should be. Yeah. But they've gone to La Rochelle and pasted them. Well, I think I think they um, they bought a few a few back in, didn't they? Henry Slade, um, who did play against uh, Bristol the other week when they lost. Um, Vermeulen seems to be a very shrewd signing. Nick White has has been back in, um, but yet yeah, the the stalwarts are there. The the uh, Jack Yeandals, and uh, <laughs> obviously Jack Yeandal, Harry Williams, Jack Yeandal. Yeah, for, for those for those of you that have never heard that before, we, when we were at the Premiership final a couple of years ago, Doug, Ben, and I, I inadvertently called Jack Yendall Jack Yendall for no, for absolutely no apparent reason, um, and that and that seems to have, have stuck a little bit. Uh, they obviously welcome back Sam Simmons as well, who is massive for them, and like we mentioned, their strength in depth in the back row, you know, back row of Simmons. For Mulan and Ewers, uh, they had Armand on the bench and no Kvesic even in the squad. So, you know, there's plenty going on at Exeter. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed that they can they can progress. Um, Munster beat the Ospreys. I mean, Welsh provincial rugby is absolutely gash anyway, isn't it? So let's <laughs> let's who cares? Yeah, let's not go too far into that. Um, Semi-surprising result on Sunday is Connacht beat Montpellier twenty-three twenty. I didn't see, I didn't see the game, so I can't talk no. too much about it. But um, you'd think that that was a, a slightly um, surprising result, given uh, given the players Montpellier have got at their disposal, and also Northampton beating Leon, not just beating Leon, Doug, keeping up there. Excellent start to the season, and Leon are top of the, the Pro 14, uh, top 14, top of the top 14 at the moment, and beating teams left, right, and centre. Yet they go to the gardens and get their asses handed to them. Well, they didn't get their asses handed to them. Um, Boyd was particularly unhappy with certain elements of our game. I think the scrum is a massive worry. Um, it seems to go backwards. <laughs> there was one scrum where um, Lewis Ludlam was packing down and Leon got a shove on and it was like he was on ice going backwards. Like his legs were fully extended behind him, but he was just sliding backwards. It's like, we've got to sort that out because we can run the ball all we like, but we're not going to beat teams in knockout rugby if we can't scrummage. So who was it? Hayward, Painter and Waller in the front row? Yeah. And then, I mean, Franks came on. And won a penalty, won a couple of penalties from the scrum after that. But you know, it is a concern. Yeah, 
I mean, it has to be if you can't secure ball on on your own um, set of piece. You think about how many scrums there are a game, um, but you did mention there the the exciting youth, the back line, you, Collins, uh, Furbank, Dingwall didn't play, did he? No, but uh, it was must have been was it Francis, Francis and. Hutchinson, oh Hutchinson, yeah, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yeah. he's very good, isn't he? Yeah. How did he not go to the World Cup? Because Scotland knew better. <laughs> well, clearly, clearly they did. <laughs> um, lots of people are raving about Rory Hutchinson. Um, he's a very good player. We need to uh, to be considering him for the Scotland side for the Six Nations, no doubt. Yeah. Um, Which is great news for us. <laughs> Well, at least you'd have all your, your young English players available and your South Africans. Yeah. You know. Jacobas, Ryan Racks, Wine Racks. And ribbons. So you can get ribbons, some time ribbons. off. The boss will sort him out some time off. <laughs> have you seen have you seen the thing that Canterbury have re-signed to deck out the Lions for the twenty twenty one tour? No. And they're doing a thing whereby any club that has produced a lion We'll get a special Canterbury kit made. Oh wow! Lions Origin kits. I saw it on um, Rugby Shirt Watch. Yeah, which is run by Josh Josh Gardner of um, Blood and Mud. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Look who it's from. No way. Yeah. And Andy Ho. So for the, well, it's very very niche. But uh, there um, you go. I have to decline it. Sorry, Uncle Holmes. I'll it's call you back. <laughs> classic podcast. Um, yeah. But Uncle Holmes, well, there you go. That's a blast from the past. Yeah. Um, he's probably pissed. Um, yeah, so you get the, the Canterbury saying any club that produced a lion can get a specially made kit with lion's origin um, wow. uh, stuff done to it, which I think is pretty cool. And also a way of uh, Canterbury rinsing some money out of unsuspecting fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine there'll be a fair few Penzance Newlin people yeah. with a uh, with a lion's yeah. top. You, uh, uh, so if you if you do know of a club or you're part of a club that has produced a British and Irish lion, I would put your committee onto Canterbury because you could get your first team a free kit. Whoa. Pirates, amateurs, love it. <clears throat> um, that's good. That's real good. I, I yeah. mean, I like it from Canterbury. It's, it's an absolutely, you know, genius commercial exercise, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, I saw you. You did a. You saw a, a shirt, an old Saracen shirt today, didn't you? <laughs> just, just go back to Saracens. <laughs> Talk about poking the bear. That, I just that couldn't resist laugh. it, mate. I could not resist it. Um, it's too good. Yeah, I may have made a joke about Canterbury. Really, uh, sorry, Saracens releasing a kit that was something to do with their first ever. What was it? First ever game against Harlequins or something? And like, nineteen twelve or something, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I may or may not have commented that that was the last time they complied with salary cap regulations. <laughs> um, just touching on Saracens, we've not spoken about them this evening. Um, that third, that first of all. The racing stadium is somewhere else in there. Have you have you ever worked? Yeah, I think people just it's a fucking building, man. Who cares? It's only got three sides. 
Not that, oh, let's not just relax a bit. Let's relax a bit. Uh, it was like a show. It was like a. It was almost like the bloody Super Bowl. It. Mate, it's got a plastic pitch, three sides, and a big telly. It's a. It's a. It's a stadium. Fair enough. Have you obviously you've you've worked there and you've been no. there and oh you haven't. No. Just don't don't get hard on for it. Like I just the don't love of get people. a boner for stadiums, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you spend your life in them, though. To be fair, big empty buildings with seats in. And not enough leg room. Oh, mate. Fair enough. Um, but Saracens got beat pretty convincingly. The team they put out, you know, it had some lions in it, had a couple of World Cup stars in it. But on the whole, it was, we're going to mail this in this season, isn't it? Mate, maybe. Um I mean, to be fair, that even that side, the side that Saracens power, I reckon even Saracens youth side will pump Munster. Uh, sorry, Ospreys, not Munster. Yeah, they'll pump the Ospreys. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find the Saracens team because I'm I'm already um, a couple of weeks into this Saracens um, debacle. I'm already getting a bit bored of the oh look how look how young our side is. Um, so Maitland, Lazowski. Tompkins, Vunapola, Spencer, Skelton. Singleton, Lamasatelli, Skelton, Ezekwe, Earl and Ray, with Joe Gray, Vincent Cock, Joel Kapoku, and uh, Damian Williamson and, and uh, Duncan Taylor on the bench. So yeah, it must have been a nightmare for you, Saracens, to have only only the thirteen internationals in your team this week. You know, cry me a bloody river. <laughs> Let, let's let's not talk anymore about Saracens. Russell, am I wrong? You're not wrong, no. And I and I wouldn't tell you so. They, they were missing George, Farrell, Farrell, Billy, Billy, and um the other Villapola. So I mean, five players. Maco, yeah. You know, I mean, come on. It's not like you're having. It's not like you're having to get guest players in, is it? No, that'll probably be later in the season. Like like A League, like A League games. Yeah, like like when they bought put Chris Pirates Christian Judge in last season. Yeah, because they they were lacking front row options. Anyway, boiling know. my piss, mate. It's boiling my piss. Bloody Saracens. Let, yeah. Let's leave Saracens there. Yeah, we've um... just wish they'd bugger off. <laughs> Oh, don't be too hard on us. We only cheated for five years. Oh, mate. Oh, we're we're always in hospitals telling all the poorly people they're all right. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, on that note. And we've got a wheelchair rugby team. And a girls' team. Oh, sorry, women's. Ladies. Ladies. Women's. Is it women's women's rugby or late no, it's women's rugby, isn't it? Isn't that it does. the same thing? I would have thought so, but Semantics, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we'll it, there are, and there have been semantics. There has, there have been semantics in Saracens. <laughs> um, this weekend, more Champions Cup: Ulster versus Claremont. We have got on Saturday the English sides. Northampton are going to Italy to take on Benetton. Uh, yep, Sar- I'll be there. Are you? Get, are you working there? Yeah. Get all the best jobs. <laughs> Um, Saracens Ospreys I mean Saracens 
could put out the under-14s and pump the Ospreys, I think. Uh, Toulouse-Connacht, Exeter versus Glasgow, which I think will probably be, uh, for me, the game of the weekend, not just because I follow Exeter. Leon-Leinster, which also has potential. Uh, Quinns versus Bath and Munster versus Racing. Anyone uh, interested in Quinns v Bath in the Champions Cup? No, didn't think no, so. No, no. And, uh, yeah, old Munster travelled... Uh, Racing's via Neunzig travel to uh, Munster. On Sunday, we have uh, Sale versus La Rochelle and Montpellier versus Gloucester. So go well to all the English teams, everyone else, not too bothered. (laughs) Except Saracens. Um, Any other rugby-related stuff you want to talk about, mate? No. No. Any other business? type stuff you want to talk about why don't you go first so there's a there's a few things to to any other business about one of which um is quite sad but i've talked about that on on other podcasts so i don't really want to get into it other than um a friend a friend through podcasting and american football lost the battle of cancer unfortunately that's that's really sad um and you know, left behind a young family, diagnosed and deceased within approximately two weeks, which is just fucking mental. So uh, make sure if you if you're feeling ill, if you're not too sure, go and get yourself checked out because you're better off knowing. Uh, better to be safe than sorry than with what's going on with your health. So don't take any risks. But I will talk about um foot. <laughs> Manager sackings in football. My my follow Tottenham Hotspur, and they sacked their manager last night. Who, you know, they're not doing very well this season. But he's led them to the Champions League final. Did lots of different things, and they replaced him with Jose fucking Mourinho because he's won some stuff. Not not remembering leaving behind absolute fucking trails of devastation when he left Chelsea. Man United the same, you know. Chelsea are pretty much only just recovering now, getting back to the, the sort of the heights they were they were at, and it just makes you wonder what you know. It's a business, isn't it? It's commercial. It's results, and nothing else matters other than results. And it's just you, know, you should be used to it by now, or I should be used to it by now, but just not. Just not used to it, and it's it's bullshit, really. I think. Um, yeah, as I said to James last week um, when he mentioned that Saracens is a business, it's a business to everyone except the fans. Yeah, the fans care, we care. Well, to say, you know, I think the people that are running the business care, they care about the business, they don't care about the fans. Um, no, but the fans are the ones that come through the turnstiles and buy the kits and yeah which you know it's a bit of a misnomer now to say that sports teams are you know only there because of the people that go through the oh. turnstiles that's now that's now you know it's a byproduct yeah that's now like the, the game would continue if no one went to the stadium because yeah, of all that advertising and television money like the, the game doesn't need people to go and watch anymore but when decisions like what happened with Pochettino are made, it's not really any way out of it. No, you know. Um, from... what, what what maybe what wound me up even more about this whole situation was people like 
whinging and moaning about sacking Pochettino last night and saying, oh, you know, all the rumours about Jose and and they're all oh, like Twitter was awash with fucking morons as per usual. Oh, fucking Jose this, Jose that. And I've seen the same people tweet this morning. Oh, on reflection, I think it's the right thing for the club and, and Jose's a good appointment. I'm like, fuck are you smoking, mate? You know, it just... Yeah. You've changed your tune in in twelve hours or less than twelve hours because you're being swayed by what people by people on Sky Sports News and the the pundits are saying. Fucking grow a set. Yeah, um, I honestly don't think Mourinho is a bad manager. I don't think he was backed at Man United. Yeah, um, he, he does have a proven track record of winning wherever he's gone. I think. The problem for Spurs fans is that he may win stuff, but he's not going to move you forward. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like winning, but but standing still. Yeah, I I also I also don't like the fact that it was seemingly pretty much a done deal before Pochettino had left. And again, but if na- you're top, naivety. If you're, if you're Daniel Levy, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, I you, I understand. You know, Mourinho sitting on the set of Super Sunday, and you've yeah. just sacked your manager. Yeah, what? yeah. No, I get What's it. What's the alternative? It's, it's, it's a business Howe? decision. It's a can business afford, decision, isn't it? Yeah, can you afford Eddie Howe to come in and take three years to get to the same position that Pochettino's at? Also, you don't know. Like, I, I think I text your, you know, I, I spoke to you yesterday about how it's actually, I think, potentially less about um, the results. And more about what's going to happen in January. I think there's potentially something going on along the lines of Pochettino wanted some cash, they wouldn't give it to him, or Pochettino wants to keep a player that they didn't want to keep because they've had a good offer. I think there'll be some kind of political power struggle in the club. Yeah. And unfortunately for Pochettino, when you're run by a conglomerate like Enoch, who see results in numbers, I think that. Levy has outperformed Pochettino in that regard. Tottenham have a solvent. They make a lot of money. Yeah. And that's the bottom line for a for a company like Enix. It's funny, isn't it? Because people spent years mocking Arsenal when they built the Emirates about, you know, paying for the stadium, breaking even, not spending a lot of money, you know, sneaking into the Champions League, finishing fourth and just doing it consistently. This is what Spurs have been doing for the last three years, pretty much. Yeah, there's only, there's only the only teams that can compete now are Chelsea, C- City, and Liverpool. I don't really know how Liverpool are doing it. Well, I do. I think Liverpool have got the most exceptional manager in world football, but I think the day he goes, that'll be the end of Liverpool. Yeah, because they they can't compete financially with City and Chelsea. No. It's, and it's and United, to a that, well, no, United can't either. They can't. They can't compete with the spending power of. Not with. They can't compete cost. with City because it's not ready cash, is it? No. But it's, it's the it's the business. It's the bigger business picture, I suppose. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough. Anyway, what I give uh, Northampton to have, you know, the money from the sale of Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Could uh, put another tier on Franklin's garden so that no one had seen. <laughs> Mate, when you start winning stuff again, because Chris Boyd has turned shit around like he already has. <laughs> Mate, we, we've expanded the gardens to the point where we can't fill it. 
And then what's worse, having stadium of empty seats or having a stadium? It's not a lot of empty seats, but it's unsightly because the gardens was always heaving. Yeah. But there you go. There you go. What's your? Have you got any other anything you want to chat about? Uh, well, I watched season three of The Crown today. What's The Crown? Uh, it's the Netflix show about the royal family. All right, I, it's, I, blo- I, it's bloody brilliant. Is it? But I, is it actually about the royal family? Well, it's like a, a, a dramatization a of um, British history, really, more so than just the royal family. It's sort of so. For example, in in series three, there's an episode about. Um, uh, what's the name? Um, there, there's a Welsh village, a Welsh mining village in the 60s that got uh, a school got buried underneath. Oh, yeah, the, the, the slag, the slag, was it the slag heap thing? Yeah, Ren Fan or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's an episode about uh, the miners' strikes. There's an episode about. Um, is, it, is there an episode about a princess getting murdered in a tunnel? That's coming up in series four, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there, there. You know, it, it it's very good for sort of uh, intertwining historical British events, and it's just it's just an incredibly made piece of television. The sets and the costumes, <laughs> and like, if you're a fan of television, it's it's worth watching just for the production values alone. It's incredibly well made, but cool. it's also you know for someone that likes a bit of history. It is quite good as well. Um, I'll look forward to the episode of one of the Queen's sons going to parties that aren't parties or not being able to. <laughs> and that was another one of fucking answers. Listen, the question. Rush, you, you took an oath to that woman. Yeah, but I didn't take an, an oath to one of her sons. Have you seen the, have you seen the Venn diagram that's floating around? No. That's, um, the middle of the Venn gra- diagram is things that have gone to shit since Fergie left, which yeah, is okay. Prince, Prince Andrew. Black Eyed Peas and Manchester United, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which is very you could good. argue uh, Glasgow Rangers. You you could argue you no could argue sense. that well, not um, certainly not Barry. <laughs> um, yeah, so there was that, and I went to Top Golf last night. How I've never been to a Top Golf. I want to go to a Top I'm Golf. I'm sure we went to Top Golf in Watford when we were both. Uh, mate, I never went to Top Golf in Watford. Uh, I pop pop my nose into Bentley Priory as well. well. It's not there anymore, is it? Just a housing estate. See the gaff where the uh, old guard room used to stand. Oh really? What yeah, on the you way? Know that football pitch behind the main guardhouse. That's yeah. now a fucking huge house. Amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's by the by. Uh, yeah, Top Golf, really good fun. But I went down afterwards and they've got one of those picker machines, you know, the ones where you sort of move it up and across. Oh, yeah, the grabbers. Yeah, I had a pound, so I popped a pound in. Was promptly told no one ever wins on those things. First grab, mate. Out it comes. <laughs> what did you win? Uh, a Bo Peep, uh, a Bo <laughs> Peep doll from, Prince, from Toy Story 4. Lovely stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, first time I've ever seen that happen as well. So if you do see those grabber machines, it is possible to get stuff out of them. They're, they're rigged, though, 100%. Well, they're not. I literally got something out of one last night. Yeah, but they are rigged in general. Not It's not a winner every time, is it? Well, what is? Won't be much of a, where's, where's, the, uh, where, where's the value in producing the machines if you win a 12-quid doll every time you put 50p in? Uh, it's, that's not a 12-quid doll either. It is. It's a genuine like Toy Story 4 
you know, the one ones you get from the Disney shop. <laughs> Amazing. Now we're yeah. just chatting. Now we're just chatting about life on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, we, maybe we ought to just change, like, talk a little bit of rugby and then just loads of other random life stuff. I'm, maybe I'm people listen to that. I'm going if you are. I'll talk about anything to anyone, and, whenever. And the last one was. Um, there's a line in Happy Gilmore where Happy Gilmore says to his mate, I was the only person on my team or in the league that got suspended for taking my skate off and trying to stab someone with it. <laughs> that right. happened in the NFL last week. <laughs> I did. Miles Garrett. Yeah. Took his helmet off and tried to break well, someone's head with no, it. No, didn't he take the quarterback's helmet? He took Mason Rudolph's helmet off. Yeah. And um, tried to cave his skull in with it. Yeah. So with his own helmet. Yeah. Amazing. Tried to bludgeon an opposition quarterback to death with their own helmet. And and for those who don't know, Mason Rudolph's basically a child as well. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd a bit of child abuse to that, um, mate. And and one one last thing, Russ. We're heading into week twelve and thirteen of our main fantasy football league, and it's, all, it's squeaky bum time, isn't it? It certainly is. It <laughs> certainly is. I I on the game I, back. Mate. You, Craig, and my mate Neil. I beat Neil. I beat Neil this week. Yeah, and he needed five points from Damian Williams. And yeah. he didn't. He didn't get them. I traded for a player, left him on my bench, and if I'd started him, I'd have won. Oh, shit yeah. happens. Yeah. There you go. Right, we're gonna go because this yeah. is just this is just chatter. Um, on that note, mate, it's been a pleasure. We are gonna be back regular um, Monday nights. Maybe not from next week because I've got a shitty golf meeting, but we'll be back. Oh. I know, yeah. Told you that before. You, you, you Ben and Phil, you, absolute you ben, golf wanker. You, Ben and Phil, can do it if you want. That's fine. I'll leave I'll it try, to you boys. I'll, I'll try and uh, corral them because uh, yes, Monday nights we need to get back to doing Monday nights. We owe it yeah. to the people. Give the people we, what they want. We do owe it to the people, and the people have said they've missed us. And then some people said, "You do it for free. It's a free podcast. Don't worry about. It. Don't apologize to us." I'm like, yeah. that's that's nice. But you got to give the people what they want, mate. And what the people want is bang average rugby chat and a load of stuff about our own lives <laughs> escapism <laughs> mate i love it thanks thanks for joining me and uh, it's a pleasure as always i'll speak no to you soon go well sports social podcast network Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.